Rowan had been experimenting with a special house brew ale, and honestly it did taste terrible. Gertrude hated it too, but like most everything else in his life, he failed miserably at sarcasm. So Gertrude would come in night after night, swallow the stuff as best he could, and then start raving about how much he loved it. Other people would take him at his word, and business would flare up. In fact, these newcomers now spitting it out had bought it on Gertrude's recommendation just moments before. It all stopped once they had tried a few glasses, but then Rowan just mentioned about how it was an acquired taste. Most would give up at this point, but if someone had a formidable mixture of drunkenness and gullibility, they usually ordered a few more. That's enough from you now, Gertrude. Rowan's voice was stern, and it seemed to cut through the drunken fog surrounding his friend. I think you need to be heading home now before you cause any more trouble. Rowan turned to the newcomers. I'm sorry the house special is not to your liking. It's a unique taste that takes some folks a few to get used to. Perhaps I could interest you in a nice Scorpion brand beer from Tealsburg? The newcomers each took a glass from Rowan, and he breathed a sigh of relief. Now, Gertie, you get up on out of here. Go home and get us some wood chopped for the fire. I'll be coming home late tonight. It was already 2 a.m., but Rowan would serve customers for another hour or so before he cleaned up and went home. Most of the other tavern owners lived in their taverns, but Rowan couldn't understand that. He wanted his home to be a place away where he didn't have to think about work. He had enough of loud, filthy drunks all day long. Why would he want them in his house, too? Gertrude was about to protest, then seemed to think better of it. He had had enough for one night. Groggily, he slung his cloak over his shoulder and moved outside, pushing the heavy door open in front of him. Rowan sighed as he watched him exit, then set to work wiping down a dirty table with a rag that was only slightly less filthy. Gertrude stumbled about as the cool winter air hit his lungs forcefully. He wasn't terribly drunk. He was still at the point where he thought he had more coordination than he actually did. Soon he caught himself on a nearby building and began to walk more normally. The walk from the tavern to the home he shared with Rowan was not far, and he was in no hurry tonight. Spring was just beginning to come. Although it was still cold outside, the alcohol lent him an artificial sensation of warmth. He was content to wander the near-deserted streets of Wallace, pondering the meaning and purpose of life. Gertrude was not normally a deeply reflective man. In fact, it was only when he was drunk that he happened to begin to wonder about what the purpose of his life was. Yet, what he was incapable of pondering while sober, he was especially incapable of understanding while drunk. Still, it was nice to gaze up at the stars and imagine that each was a world or an angel or even just a really shiny button. Abruptly, something broke into Gertrude's rambling meditation. He was not alone. There was a young man staring at him from across the street. It wasn't unheard of to see someone out and about at this time of night, but this man seemed not to fit. For one thing, Gertrude had never seen clothes like that before. The stranger wasn't going about his business, but just stood there, eyes fixated on Gertrude, as if he were looking straight through him. That was especially odd as the young man was the one who was transparent.' 